Uh, it's 5 o'clock, and that means one thing and one thing only. It's time for TSL, presented by Parks Motor Sales, TriStar Sports Live, J.P. Plant, Wes Duncan. Oh, man, hope everyone had a great, great Christmas. Maybe still enjoying the holiday. Many of you still are on holiday, and we appreciate you hanging out with us tonight, 5 to 6. We'll be back with you tomorrow, and then Wednesday, of course, our buddy Will Rab with Prep Sports Insiders. And then, uh, Wes, we pause until next year following that. Yeah, it, and it's been, a, you know, despite all its ups and downs, it's it's been a real good year, uh, you know. And I know people are probably, if they're listening, they're going, what in the world is this guy saying? <laughs> yep. I'm just being honest with you and, and letting you know that, hey, we're here. Uh, and we're here. we got air in our lungs. Like I say, we can can walk and we can talk. We're not in the hospital. Um, so it's it's good. It's good. And, for, you know, you need to count every blessing that you have. Yeah, no question. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about that uh, last week before Christmas. Uh, by the way, um, everybody healthy? Did you have a good Christmas? Able to spend a little time um, with the uh, intermediate family, I guess? Uh, yeah, we, so, well, you know, we, we stayed social distance. Uh my parents had to come up and give the kids their stuff. It was, we had our Christmas kind of like in our indoor, uh, you know, outside patio area, whatever. They stayed away. Kids got their stuff, uh, which was a blessing. You know, when you get when you have little children, you see the true meaning of Christmas. You know, yeah. just getting to see their face light up. And, yeah, you know, it, it was pretty awesome, to be honest with you. Yeah, we, uh, we had a nice, uh, nice meal. Um, smaller gathering, of course, than normal, um, which is okay. Uh, we, we certainly appreciated uh, the time we had, uh, and, uh, the time to kind of rest and, um, uh, and just hang out. Although, of course, uh, the news on Christmas day, uh, that came out Christmas morning up in Nashville, uh, what a strange, strange story. And, uh, I know more is coming out, uh, as we speak, I tell you what, uh, what an incredible job by all the law enforcement agencies, uh, you know, within a matter of, uh, 48 hours, they, mm. they had the suspect, uh, pinned to, to who it was. It, it was, it was rather incredible. Uh, and, um, you know, for those people to, to spend that amount of time away from their families on Christmas, uh, makes you really appreciate what they do. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, you know, I could, we could talk the whole show on this. I don't want to get into the the conspiracy side of it, but you know, there's a lot, I'm glad you used the word strange because nothing about this. I mean, even any crime scene is strange, but this is really, really strange. I think it's the first time I've ever heard of somebody giving off an, a warning about to evacuate and all that stuff. And, and, you know, just the sound that, you know, the gun, the way the story unfolded, gunshots fired, yeah. then this recording goes off for an hour and it was able to get everybody out except for a couple, I think three victims total now. But uh, it, it injured is too, not yeah. and, and not critically so as well. So, right. I mean, thankfully. it's just, a, you know, and then you go, wait a minute how in the world can they find a suspect in that short amount of time, but yet all this other stuff going on in the world they can't find. I mean, there's a lot of questions raised, but, you know, 
a lot of what ifs, and it should be interesting to see. I don't know that we'll ever know the hundred percent truth of all of this, but it's just real strange to me uh, that just one man. I don't, I, I, you know, that, that's hard to pull off for one guy. But yeah, we'll we'll see. And I tell you, I was, I was able to watch the press conference when the uh, five police officers that were on duty and on site when it all went down and hearing their counts was, what um, oh. was incredible. So, uh, certainly uh, thinking about that what a strange way to wake up on Christmas morning. And, uh, but, um, you know, it's certainly par for the course for 2020, if you will, on a lighter note, speaking of 2020 and exiting 2020, as we talked about after tomorrow, we will reconvene in the new year, which will be 2021. Um, there is a documentary, and I say that lightly, but uh, one of the best things I've seen in 2020, all right? And, and I'm, I'm talking up there with Tiger King, all right? Mm-hmm. And, we, and, you know, we, we know how much you and I appreciate just how entertaining it was. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating, entertaining. Um, it got your mind off of things. Well, there is a docu-series uh, from the producers of, I believe it's called Black Mirror. And I am i was not familiar with this group before this. I'm still not all that familiar. But they did a docu-series. It's almost a mocu-series, and it really is because it takes, you know, it's, it's made-up characters. But it's called Death to 2020. It's on Netflix. Here are some of the characters. Um, starring Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Kamal Najiani, Leslie Jones, Joe Keery, Hugh, Hugh Grant, Tracy Ullman, Diane Morgan, Lisa Kudrow, Samson K.O., uh, and uh, Kristen uh, Miliati. It's, it's just a fascinating. It is one of the funniest uh, things that I have seen in a long, long time, Wes, uh, to you and everyone out there. If you have Netflix... It just came out yesterday, uh, so death to 2020. It is an hour and ten minutes, and it is one of the funniest things. And I and I think the perfect way to say adios to 2020 because it kind of goes through. You know, it's based on real facts and and the events that happened, but with these made up characters as part of this. Uh, quote docu-series or you know or docu documentary not a series but um fantastic um is it kid friendly uh no it is a TV. i was about to say yeah, with samuel no. jackson i doubt it no but. and uh lawrence fishburne is the narrator oh wow uh it's it's just fan it's fantastic <laughs> it is i urge uh, i i don't i don't put this out there very often about what to watch because to each their own but you know every every single person I think can relate in some capacity to this. <laughs> it's it's just fantastic. Uh, so I think everybody realizes, hey, this year has been. I mean, nothing of what everybody expected. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of people, like we said, looking forward to next year. Yeah. Because as a good friend of mine said last week, uh, as we were departing and getting ready to go out for the holidays. He's like, it can only go up. That's true. 
You can only go up. And That's I was true. like, you know, it's pretty good insight right there. I've been watching. We've been, I binged watch, believe it or not. I like to uh, binge watch Ray Donovan. I'd never seen that show. I've heard that's good. I have not watched that oh, either. I, I got suckered in, man. It was like, <laughs> I couldn't, you know how it is once you get to watching. And, you know, it, it left me hanging. And I, I looked and said, all right, is they going to bring back another one? And it said, nope, Showtime's going to leave it like that. And I was like, ah. Oh. So. so speaking of uh, you know, series that are uh, spinoffs or prequels, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of a big thing now. I just found out, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and forgive me if I'm late to the party, but uh, and I was late to the Game of Thrones, but there is a prequel coming out in 2022 on HBO. Um, I believe it's HBO that um, they're the ones, of course, that had Game of Thrones, but it's called House of the Dragon. Ooh, uh, were yeah. you a Game of Thrones guy? Did you watch that? I did. I did. Um, I caught the very ending of it, you know. Had to, you know, it was very interesting, you know. Took me a while to get into it. And then when you got into it, you were yeah, like, oh. You can't stop. You can't nah, stop. That's right. So looking forward to that. 2022 uh, House of the Dragon, uh, a prequel to that, uh, talks about uh, the House of uh, Tarkarian, uh, which was. Uh, Daenerys, that was uh, she was the the dragon queen. That is true. Yep it's a, it's about how all that came about. So anyway, all right. Uh, speaking of television, uh, were you able to watch the Cure Bowl Saturday night? Uh, the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, Liberty Coastal Carolina, uh, one of the wow. best bowls um, uh, games that uh, that I've seen in in several years, and and we all expected it to be really really good. And it's rare and it, that a bowl game lives up to that hype. It did. And, you know, you hate to see that one or two missed calls actually cost Coastal Carolina the game uh, there in overtime because there were two back-to-back P.I. pass interference calls where the receiver was drugged down before the ball even got there, and it was a no call. Um, but – all these Tennessee fans that are wanting and just begging for Hugh Freeze to be their savior, <laughs> I mean, my goodness, uh, I thought he was going to absolutely have a come apart when that tailback just, you know, failed to score. At that point, I think you just say, hey, look, man, score to score and be done. You know, don't ever, because whenever you try to just, you know, run out the clock, I mean, we've seen it uh, this weekend again with John Gruden. Yeah. You know, and the Raiders, uh, you know, you hate to tell them not to score. Just go ahead and get the points and move on. Um, but, yeah, the Coastal Carolina game, it, it you know, Hugh Freeze spoils their unde- undefeated season. The Cure Bowl, back-to-back champions, and it makes Hugh Freeze a hot commodity again. Yeah, he uh, – the, those two teams were fun to watch. And, of course, this was a game, a matchup – that was scheduled late in the season. Game day was in Conway, South Carolina, at Coastal, prepared for a Liberty Coastal matchup. Liberty had COVID issues, and Coastal was able to uh, bring in BYU. And uh, game day stayed there, and one of the better games of the season and and one of the highest-rated college football games of the season was that Coastal uh, BYU. I think one of the highest-rated on ESPNU of all time if I'm not mistaken. And so a lot of fun to watch. Uh, yeah, 
those two coaches, uh, now they just finished, but it appears that they're going to be staying at least one more year at those respective schools. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you think, uh, because if, if they were to have gone somewhere else, they probably would have already done so, right? Right. Um, it's interesting because they're not us- losing a year of eligibility. So, you know, Derek, Derek King from Miami said he's coming back. Um, there's a lot of these guys that are going to take advantage of this. So, um, if I was the guy from BYU, I would do what Peyton Manning did. Uh, and two of both, you know, two of followed suit, what Manning did and take out an insurance policy just in case, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, to protect your, you know, future earnings. So it should be interesting. The guy from BYU is an absolute, I mean, I know it's position in the draft, but this year is going to be a good draft for the quarterbacks. He's put up ungodly numbers this season. Uh, only person that's, you know, put better numbers up is Trask from Florida. So, you know, he would be up there pretty high. Yeah, no question about it. Um, and you know, another uh, another guy, uh, Billy Napier at Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Mm-hmm. What a season they had! Uh, they won their bowl game, the Sir Pro First Responder Bowl, thirty-one twenty-four over uh, UT San Antonio. And for the second consecutive year, the Raging Cajuns are a ten-win team. He is staying in Louisiana for one more year. I know he committed. Uh, to them uh, for sure for next year. So you look at those three programs, Liberty, Coastal Carolina, and Louisiana. Of course, Liberty, or excuse me, Louisiana and Coastal are in the same conference. And uh, Louisiana's lone loss was to Coastal. And they were scheduled to play again, of course, for the conference championship. But Louisiana, I believe, had COVID issues and unable to do so. But those three programs right there and those three coaches – uh, are are certainly what you know the a bright future in in young college football coaches and you know their price was probably already pretty high if they were to have gone somewhere they would have gotten a pretty penny at some uh, big time programs uh, but you can only imagine assuming that they continue to be on a similar level that they have been they're going to get some big coin. Uh, after next year, don't you think? Oh, for sure. Um, it's it's you know we talked about Billy Napier a couple of weeks ago, uh, being his name being thrown out there for the Auburn job and actually turned it down. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know what a great job and and you know he he's been in great programs already. He was an assistant at Clemson. He was an assistant at Alabama. So he knows what it takes to build a winning program, and he's done a fantastic job. And uh, he's going to be high up there, highly sought after, as among these other coaches. He is, you know, we mentioned Hugh Freeze, and I mean, you think about it. Would we ever be? Would you ever imagine being sitting here talking about a Liberty team that is ten and one? Yeah, ten and one. So obviously, despite his off-field stuff. And let me say this, you know, people make mistakes. He just made one. Whew. He made a very bad mistake, but I mean, he's, he's living it out saying he's a redemption story. And, you know, 
he's obviously showing that he's good at what he does uh, on the field, the football field. So, I mean, 10 and one back to back bowl championships, you know, it's just whether or not these big programs want to take that, I hate to say it, they're going to take a publicity hit if they hire him, you know. It, it, for, for some, and it depends on the university. Right. Um, because yeah, you no, just talked, you talked about Hugh Freeze, and you know I, I'm certainly not learned on uh, on his redemption as you talked about, but I do know that it's out there, and I do know that from all accounts, he is living up to that uh, that persona that he is uh, putting out there, uh, which is fantastic, and uh, you know, hey, you know. I mean, anybody on there listening right now, I mean, you know, we don't throw stones, nope. you know, nope. absolutely. And, you know, got to show a little grace and, you know, hey, he's got an answer for what he did. And, but and, and, he, has. This, yeah, and he, he has, he, he was essentially banished from big time college football for a few years. Uh, and yeah, he's worked I'm, his I'm way back. I'm talking about with this. I'm, I'm well, sure. You know, I'm and, just talking yeah. about outside the, uh, the personal stuff with the family yeah, the personal, and all yeah, that. that too. And you know what? His families, I guess they have forgiven him and, you know, and shown grace and mercy. So, uh, you know, God can coach football. I bet, you know, he would have ever thought, you know, he was obviously, for, if you do, for our listeners that don't know, he is the high school coach of Michael Orr mm-hmm. uh, from the movie The Blind Side. Right. So, I mean, the guy's worked his way up from high school. And jumped on the Ed Orgeron train at Ole Miss and then went to Arkansas State and then came back to Ole Miss, you know, beat Saban. And, That's right. And for those of you that don't know, I mean, he, he was a big thorn twice. Yeah, he was a big thorn in Saban's side uh, because of his stuff that he was doing on offense. So, I mean – you know he can coach. You know he can coach. It's just that is are is there a program out there going to take a chance on him? Look, and I know I know all the Tennessee fans. They'd line up right now and and back up the Vinks truck at his house for sure. Well, that's kind of where I want to go next. Um, I want to stick with these three coaches in particular, and then we'll morph back into college football and and some of these bowl matchups. A couple of games have been canceled. Since we last yeah. met, we'll talk all about it. TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. JP and Wes hanging out with you. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great Christmas. We look forward to the new year. We'll be with you till 6 o'clock tonight. Hang with us. Looking forward to 2021 bluer skies. What do you say, Wes? <laughs> ELO over there bringing us back. TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. Glad you're with us, JP and Wes, hanging out with you on this uh, Monday evening, uh, right at the bottom of the hour. We're with you till six tonight. Uh, we're talking about uh, Liberty Coastal and Louisiana and uh, their coaches, uh, Hugh Freeze, Jamie Chadwell, and Billy Napier, respectively. And all of them appear to be staying 
put at least for one more season. Uh, I know Napier at Louisiana has uh, said so. I think uh, Hugh Freeze has emanated the same thing. Uh, I imagine Jamie Chadwell well, would have uh, would have gone somewhere uh, potentially by this point uh, if he were not staying. So those three, uh, I've got a couple questions for you, Wes, regarding these coaches. You had mentioned Tennessee yeah. before we went to break. Of course, Tennessee yeah. has a coach um, who is paid health, healthily, if that's a word, uh, <laughs> and um, is under contract, of course. And a big buyout, but uh, of those three, I'll, I'll ask you this first: which of those three would be the best fit for Tennessee? Ooh, well, you know, I think that you, you know, at this point with the Vol fan base and the way they are, um, you know, they were highly upset that they didn't get their guy the last time. Uh, you know, they were they were really wanting Mike Leach, and it didn't work out. And then when they put the X-Nay on that, then, you know, they were pleased with Pruitt. But, you know, we, we go with this situation. Um, I, I say give them what they want. And then uh, right now it doesn't matter. And, you know, I'm not a big, huge Falls fan, but I can tell you um, that program will only do as good as what, Philip Fulmer wants it to do. I think you, he, you know, uh, if you get rid of Pruitt, you're going to have to get rid of Philip Fulmer because Fulmer made the hire with Pruitt. And, you know, uh, it's tough. I mean, it really is tough because we live in an instant gratification world. Um, you know, there was rumblings all season long with, with Tennessee and, you know, not getting it done on the field and the product that Pruitt was putting out there is in his second year, third year, I think. Um, uh, but, you know, this investigation that's going on, uh, which has kind of been quiet since everything else has happened already, but we haven't heard, we haven't heard what's come out of that yet. And if anything comes out of it, I would say it wouldn't have mattered what the buyout was. Uh, I think there's been rumor and speculation to say that since there's an NCAA investigation, that would nullify his contract, and that would be a way for them to get out of that Um, because you had your defensive coordinator and your linebackers coach and two two of the starters that had to set out because of it. So, they, you know, there's obviously something there or they wouldn't set those crucial parts of the team out. Um, now, what comes comes about it, we don't know yet. We'll just have to see. But I think Tennessee, uh, you know, Freeze would obviously get the popular vote. Um, but who would do the best job? Uh, I think you look at either Freeze or Billy Napier because both of them have SEC ties. Um uh, but they're, you know, to Tennessee fans, they want to beat one team. You know, they want to beat Alabama. And if you're going at it from that angle, you, you're probably going to have to go with a guy that's proven to beat Alabama, and that is Hugh Freeze. 
I think it's obvious that Hugh, as you mentioned, would win the popularity contest for said poll. Mm-hmm. You, but you also believe he is the best fit for Tennessee. Uh, with everything, yeah, considering I mean, everything that that surrounds all of that, well, they're used to controversy and That's they're true. used to so things. So, and plus, he's you know he's from the state, so. Yeah. I, I do agree with you that uh, if you part with uh, Pruitt, you you also unfortunately need to part with Fulmer. I th- I think they are uh, tied together uh, for better or for worse, if you will. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I do believe that if you make it ch- the next football coaching change, I think also they're going to have to make a an AD change. Well. For sure, and I mean, if anybody knows the history of Fulmer, you know how he got that job, anyways, and you know was successful. Not that he's not a good coach or anything like that, and I'm probably bringing up some old wounds and skeletons, but it's truth. And you know, it's kind of funny because you always hear what goes around comes around. Well, Fulmer was notorious for turning in Alabama for recruiting (laughs) violations, and you know, it's kind of funny now that he's the AD, they're under the same sanctions. So I agree with your point there. Uh, but I think at some point the Tennessee fan base, uh, I, I can I can feel their pain a little bit, but they're going to have to be patient with whoever comes in because it's not like waving a magic wand and you're just going to throw out a, a 10 and one team. Uh, I mean, you got to understand, Hugh Freeze, yes, he has won in the SEC, but he was playing with SEC-caliber players. He's 10-1 and one at Liberty. Liberty's not facing all the SEC top-tier teams. You're not going against a Florida. You're not going against Alabama. You're not going against a Georgia. You know, uh, so Tennessee fans, you know, need to have a little bit of patience. I mean, They've been through, you know, you look at Derek Dooley, you look at Lane Kiffin, Butch Jones. I mean, you you know, they, there's coach after coach after coach and now Pruitt. And, you know, it doesn't look good for stability-wise for your program. Uh, if you're trying to, you know, get back to the nostalgia days that you once had. Yeah, it's um, of course you know we again we're we're talking about a uh, a coach that is uh, currently on staff, so uh, we'll right. see what happens. And you know, next year is a different year. Uh, Pruitt could could win a bunch of games, and you know everybody could be really happy with them. Who knows? Uh, a lot is to be determined. Uh, if if you were to ask me, I think with all the things considering, I think Billy Napier. Uh, to me today, he would be my choice if I were the AD at Tennessee. Um, I agree with you because I love Bill. I, I've seen Billy Napier in action um, when he was the wide receiver coach at Alabama, um, and and that was a pretty big deal when he was there because he had, you know, some top tier names which we know Calvin Ridley, you know, all those guys, and I've seen him. He can coach. He is a great coach uh, and he's been on two of the best staffs in college football. Um, and that's what you need. You know, you got to have 
a guy that can go get these guys, but also that can develop these players. Because all these high school kids now, if they're any good at all, big-time players, their goal is they're going to come out and tell you their goal is to go to the league, go to the league, go to the league. And, you know, you, you hate to say that's what it's become, but that's what it is. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, same thing with basketball, same thing with baseball. You look at Vanderbilt and baseball. I mean, if you're any kind of good baseball player or pitcher, where are you going? You're going to Vandy for sure. That's right. So As well you should. Yeah, and for, <laughs> you know, player development and trying to get these guys and the most out of them. Uh, in college, people need to understand it's a business. I mean, it really is. Um, and they can replace you with somebody that wants to be there just as much as you. So. That's right. It is what it is, brother. Yep. Um, All right. Uh, Bowl games. Uh, There are no bowl games today. Uh, There was one scheduled, uh, but that has been canceled. Uh, There are two games tomorrow and interesting uh, matchups, I think. Tomorrow afternoon, 430 Central uh, from Orlando, Florida. It's the Cheez-It Bowl featuring Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State and Miami. Oklahoma State a one point favorite and a over under of sixty point five. Uh, that's an intriguing matchup. You mentioned earlier about uh, Derek King returning mm-hmm. for Miami, so maybe a little extra, a little spirit behind uh, that uh, group uh, from uh, Coral Gables in this game. Maybe a little something extra to play for. They come in eight and two. Oklahoma State seven and three. Uh, you've got that one, and then after that, both of these games, by the way, on ESPN, from San Antonio, it's the Valero Alamo Bowl, uh, of course, in the Alamo Dome, Texas, and Colorado. Um, so two somewhat intriguing matchups, Power 5 conferences, and a good uh, doubleheader for a Tuesday evening of uh, college football between Christmas and New Year's. That's That's not too yeah. bad, right? No, it's not too bad. You know, you hate to hear that the Music City Bowl got canceled mm-hmm. because of Missouri, but, you know, hindsight, no offense, 2020 here, um, it's probably a good thing that it did, you know, uh, with all the stuff. I don't think they would have done it, you know, if they'd have had it going on and this had happened with the bombing stuff, yep. they'd probably canceled it anyways. Um, but, yeah, those those men- matchups, I mean, they're not the most intriguing, but, I mean – at least it's some college football. You got Texas and Colorado, which Colorado has shown to be potent on offense at times. Uh, Texas, my goodness, the roller coaster that they've been through. Um, you know, they were, if you listen to college game day, they were, you know, automatically in the college football playoffs at the beginning of the year. And then they just went up and down and gotten beat early in the season. And then, you know, there's rumors that their coach is getting fired every week and he's reached out to SEC teams, and then they come back and hang, hang 60 on the next opponent. <laughs> That's right. So, oh, I mean, which Texas team are we going to uh-huh. see? Yeah. Uh, so those two are tomorrow, and looking ahead real briefly to Wednesday, a couple of nice games as well. Wake Forest and Wisconsin uh, from Charlotte in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. That's a great name. A new uh, title sponsor for that one played at Bank of America Stadium. And then uh, one of the better matchups of the entire bowl season, uh, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic from Arlington, Texas, of course. 
uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock uh, on ESPN, Florida and Oklahoma. And again, the uh, Music City Bowl, which was scheduled for Wednesday afternoon. That would have been in between those two uh, as part of a triple header on ESPN. That has been canceled, and as has the L.A. Bowl, which would have been the nightcap. Uh, that played at, uh, I believe that would have been at uh, the new SoFi Stadium where the Rams and the Chargers play, uh, which is a fascinating um, stadium there. So uh, we'll uh, we'll certainly, uh, actually tomorrow uh, during our show, we'll be during the game, Oklahoma State and Miami, so we can uh, keep up with that as uh, we hop on the airwaves tomorrow evening. But uh, coming up next, final segment of the show, want to talk a little Titans, little Titans there. Can uh, I make an announcement? Yeah, uh, yeah. I tell you Real what, uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll do that coming back. Okay. Uh, we'll give yeah, you plenty I'll of time. Segue it in. That'd yep. be good. We'll, uh, uh, of course, uh, breaking news as always from from Coach West. There's uh, two. There's two. Oh, you got two. Wow, two. back to back. All right. So stay with us. Uh, we got that little Titans conversation coming up next as they try to thaw out of the deep freeze, the the frozen tundra. It hit them hard last night. Uh, big loss to, to the Packers. We'll talk about it. Coming up, TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales on TriStar Sports Radio. Back TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales, JP and Wes, channeling little uh, little nineties grunge, bringing us back. Toadies, excellent, Toadies. Excellent oh yeah, yeah, that's right in our wheelhouse, isn't it, Wes? Absolutely, <laughs> brings me back to my days, man. Really is. All right, uh, before we get into the Titans, uh, you got a couple of. Uh, News items uh, to alert us and uh, those in the communities around us. What you got? Absolutely. Um, so, some breaking news that you may have already heard this, but they, you know, this is the season for awards and everything. Two awards that were handed out today. Number one is the Brawls Award, which goes to the nation's top college football assistant. And that award went to none other than Steve Sarkeesian from the University of Alabama. And the the Sporting News Player of the Year in college football, according to Sporting News, goes to Alabama's wide receiver, Devontae. Yeah. You think maybe a harbinger of the Heisman? Yeah, could be. Could be. And here is some breaking news for all our listeners and parents, students, all that. Murray County Public Schools is going to – pivot uh, due to the fact of the COVID-19 cases and the prediction of the Christmas surge. They say that they feel it is a best interest in their students and staff to pivot uh, schools of the week of January the 4th through the 8th so that they can give parents uh, a lot of notifications so they can jump out ahead of this. So that's the two breaking stories that Coach D has for you right here. There you go. Uh, you, you brought up... <laughs> Pivot. 
That is one word I hope I never hear again after 2021. Or, you know, this school season is pivot. Oh, man. Oh, oh that's a classic episode right there, friends. Um, all right. <laughs> you brought that up. Every time I hear that word, that's what comes into my mind. Uh, see, sure. I, I, I hear my, my middle school basketball coach, Howard Spears, he used to always talk about reverse pivot. Okay, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> hey, uh, got some uh, some other news from this afternoon. Jim Wyatt from uh, TitansOnline dot uh, com or t- TennesseeTitans.com. Uh, place kicker Stephen Guskowski is mm-hmm. now on the reserve COVID nineteen list for sure. Uh, so he will not be available uh, for Sunday's game against the Texans. Um, so I. I don't know um, who will come in, uh, and I'm, I'm perusing as I'm talking. It's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I'll just read this. The reserve COVID-19 list was created for a player who was either test positive for COVID-19 or who has been quarantined after having been in close contact with an infected person or persons. Clubs may not disclose whether the player is in quarantine or is positive, for COVID-19 under the rules for reserve COVID-19 teams are required to address the player's roster status. Once that player has fulfilled the protocol for their circumstance. Um, and so, uh, there is a, so he may be available for Sunday. Mm-hmm. This does not say he, all it says is that today he is on the reserve COVID-19 list. So hope he is uh, doing okay, and hopefully he was just exposed to a positive, and hopefully it was not someone within the football family. Although uh, you know you would think that he's probably not going anywhere else. But anyway, uh, so in question whether or not he can play on Sunday, we'll find out uh, maybe later. Speaking of the Titans, and uh, we've only got uh, seven minutes, which is maybe six minutes more than we need to talk about last night's uh, contest. Um, you know, it was. I was really excited. Not only a Sunday night game, a national stage, which the Titans don't get very often, where the entire country is watching. Um, I do like uh, the broadcast crew for NBC. I think they do a fantastic job on Sunday night football. I think Al's getting a little old, but uh, other than that, uh, I, I like what they do. And the snow, you add that on top of it, it, it was just a great scene. Really excited. And then all of a sudden you're down 19 to nothing if you're a Titans fan. Now they showed some signs of bouncing back, but a couple of uncharacteristic turnovers by um, <laughs> by Tannehill. And uh, I was going to call him your boy Tannehill, but I know yeah. that's not true. Uh, Tannehill and and they just could never get on track. The defense uh, looked fairly pedestrian, although you know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is is playing out of his mind right now, and yeah, we're talking about you know going up against uh, probably, I mean, unless it's a popularity contest, which it seems to be, uh, he's the best quarterback right now this year in the league. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, Mahomes is doing things, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't have as many weapons, and he is, uh, you know, balling out big time. And it, we listen. Listen, I know we've heard a lot of rumblings about the officiating. It was bad 
it really was bad. There were a few missed calls. I've even said that to you. Yeah. But when you lose by that much, yeah. <laughs> officiation officiation no. <laughs> didn't have that much to do with it. No, no, not at all. And uh, it was uh, it it was tough to watch. Uh, the Titans and the defense, they had no answer for Aaron Rodgers. Again, probably the MVP of the NFL this year uh, in the snow. Now, I don't know how much the snow had something to do with it, although the announcers were talking about uh, that in that first quarter, the the Titans receivers and cornerbacks, for that matter, were kind of uh, were not as sure or didn't appear to be as sure with their footing, and then you saw what Devontae Adams does. Now, he's probably the best with his footing wide receiver for the Packers, and uh, they showed a lot of uh, a lot of his foot action, and he had very sure footing, very confident. Um, you know, you can take that for what it's worth. Uh, that was, was not the difference either. But uh, the Titans, they're not built to come from behind. And, um, not that much. Not, not that much, and, and probably – um, maybe not in in weather either. Although you know, again, I, I don't want to put the weather uh, curse on that. But uh, it uh, it just exposed the defense that we all knew. And uh, I guess the question is: Was this more about how bad the Titans' defense is, or how good the Packers' offense is? Um, and I and I think it's I think it's a lot of both. It is. I mean, you think about it. I mean, uh, we were high uh, at the beginning of the season talking about a pass rush and maybe being able to allow, uh, you know, our interior linemen to be able to make some big plays. But we have no pass rush. We have no – I mean, we literally have one safety that can ball at times, you know. But, you know, Adoree Jackson comes back and he looks like he – I mean, he looks like a player that's missed 15 weeks. Yeah. Uh, he was getting beat off the ball. I mean, he was getting beat worse than somebody that stowed something. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he didn't want to tackle. Uh, the Titans, you know, we could trade some people. Uh, we got to go out and get some people. Uh, you know, we got to gotta have some playmakers on defense because – if you're talking about getting to a Super Bowl level and beating the Kansas City Chiefs and beating the Steelers and those kind of teams, those top-tier teams, you got to be able to, to match them up on defense. And right now we couldn't match up Johnny's Little League team. Do you, do you think that, you know, finding that offense-defense balance that wins consistently uh, is not an easy thing to do, but you look at the offensive skill players – the Titans have, and a pretty decent offensive line. Of course, they're missing their star offensive lineman, but uh, still, I think, above average offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Tannehill uh, got a big contract. You've got the best running back in, in football. Uh, you've got uh, two wide receivers that are having uh, career years, albeit young careers, but still, um, I'll take those two almost – well, not almost over anybody, but I, I like Corey Davis and A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown. Um, I like Janu Smith and, you know, Humphreys, who's been hurt. Uh, but offensively, they're they're pretty well set. I mean, and they were setting records this year. 
averaging, uh, you know, going into that game, they were the top scoring offense in the NFL. Are they too heavily uh, offensive minded with their talent? Do you think, or is it uh, they're just not making the plays defensively? Well, I think I think it's again, it goes back to a little bit of both. I think they they set the roster to be offensive heavy uh, due to the fact that, you know, Brable and uh, the GM thought that, that Jadavian Clowney was going to come in and make a bigger impact than what he did. Yeah, paired with Simmons, and, and yeah, and yeah. all that has just fallen through. Oh, it, it it's like a Putin whirlwind. It's gone. <laughs> uh, you know, you hate to use that example, but that's the truth. I mean, that ship is, uh, I mean, it's something faster than the Titanic. Um, but the defense, you can score points, but if you can't stop nobody, yeah. uh, you know, and you hate to say it, we are good on offense. We are good, but we're not great, and we can't score quick as quick as, like, Kansas City and Pittsburgh can because – you got to think, JP. I know we're running short on time, and we could talk about this tomorrow. But Corey Davis's contract's up at the end of the year, and it's already been speculated they're not going to re-sign him because he's going to get more than uh, in the market than what we're going to give him. So, you know, we're going to have to be looking elsewhere. Yeah, and I hate that too because he's coming into his own. Um, you know, you could argue that it's because it is a contract year. Um, Interesting coincidence how that seems to happen from time to time. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Titans still in position to win the division with a win on Sunday against Houston, and that would get them a four seed and a home playoff game. So not all is lost after last night, and you know that's the number one seed in the NFC. Can they bounce back yep. after being on public TV, the primetime spot, and laying an egg? Yep. I mean, it, it, right now, if I was in the locker room of the Titans, I would I would give the same speech that J.J. Watt said. If you don't want to be here and you don't want to put on for these hardworking fans in Nashville and the state of Tennessee, then get out of the locker room because we're here to do our job and win the game. There you go. That's how we approach every day on this show, TSL. Hey, if we don't want to be here, we just won't be here. But we want to be here because we want you to be here with us. So for West. I'm JP reminding you, radio still loves you. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow on TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales.